Hello, hello, my fellow sovereigns, and welcome back to another episode of The Princess and the Bee. I am so honored and excited to be back here with you every Wednesday with our wonderful Women Wednesdays. I mean, it's just the the slew of amazing guests that we have in of episodes are just in the upcoming weeks are just amazing. I've got some amazing women. And I wanted to kick it off with Erin Mathis today. Erin Mathis is a style coach. And this interview changed me. So we recorded this interview back in October. And it was in October, I was three months postpartum navigating two babies and a business. And it was right after the high of my TED talk. And I had a bit of post-show letdown in October. And I am not very good at hiding things. I worked so hard on being transparent and operating with an integrity with my inside and my outside that my style was not looking that great. I'm going to be honest. Like I pretty, I, I normally pride myself on being a pretty stylish person, but I was feeling so out of alignment with my own style, with how I like to show up, with who I choose into being on a regular basis, that I felt a little lost and a little intimidated, to be honest, doing this interview with a style coach when I personally was feeling like my style was feeling a little funky. And to be honest, it was. I was wearing clothes that I'd worn before in the past, but they fit my old identity. They didn't fit the person who I was choosing into and am continuing to choose into being on a regular basis. And it was actually through this conversation that Erin, who shares some similar experiences that she was having with her own journey with style and how fashion helped her with coming out of her own shell that really gave me permission in a way to examine the stories that I was telling myself and the external the external showing of that internal dialogue that was going on. And... I think it was actor Laurence Olivier who said that whenever he would play a character, he would don the outfit or the wardrobe first to kind of start to feel what it felt like in that that character. And I think that's very similar to any sort of belief systems that we hold as well, is whenever we're trying on a new belief system, like I deserve this this major achievement or I, I am handling everything with grace and ease, whenever we're trying on different belief systems, it sometimes takes a while it's like trying on a different pair of clothes it's, it's, it, or a different style that you're not used to. It sometimes takes a while to get used to the way it fits. And for me, where I was when I recorded this interview, I was adjusting to the fitting of being much more visible, having this huge dream opportunity, doing it while in Australia with two children. And also having exposed some some very vulnerable pieces of my life that I hadn't done in the past. And it was through this conversation and through some of the things that Erin shared, like her own struggles with depression, that really helped give me permission to embrace my own style, to reevaluate how I was styling myself, which helped shift me back into the character of the identity that I am choose into on a regular basis the identity of the queen. And so I encourage you to listen to this episode if you are in the midst of a transition and maybe you're not able to to find that peace to to unlock that new version of you. So often we think of style as it can, something that could be frivolous or it's silly, but really when we when we find a style that allows us to lean into the greatness of who it is that we are becoming, Suddenly, it can unlock worlds of confidence in you that you can go about and still continue to crush it as the queen bee of your life, of this, as the sovereign of your soul. So with that, I just want to say thank you, Erin Mathis, for your conversation because it really did 
unlock some things in me and help me remember a bit of who I am at my core. And with that, I give you Aaron Mathis. Welcome to the Princess and the Bee podcast, the place to be to build your empire as queen of your body, business, and life. I'm your host, Kimberly Spencer, founder of crownyourself.com, and I'm an award-winning coach, Amazon best-selling author, and multi-passionate entrepreneur. Each week, I give you the systems, strategies, and success stories to help you master your mindset, communicate with ease, and triple your productivity so you make the income and the impact you deserve. Imagine this podcast as your weekly spark of inspiration as you take it to the next level with all the bees of your life. Body, business, bank account, boys and babies. Let's make it rain. Hello and welcome back to The Princess and the Bee. I am so excited to be here with you today with my amazing guest, Erin Mathis. Erin is a style, just style genius. And if you aren't watching this on YouTube, go to YouTube because her backdrop, how she looks, her whole style, she literally is walking the talk. So Erin, welcome to The Princess and the Bee. Thank you, Kimberly. That was so kind. (laughs) What got you into style? You know, I always loved, loved it. I mean, the truth is I was born to a very glamorous woman. So I was, (laughs) I was discipled in the ways of style. I mean, we weren't necessarily wealthy. My dad was a pastor. So it was a bit of a, it was kind of an interesting dynamic, but she was very glamorous. So that, and then I had a few key transformations in my life that taught me the power of your image to really impact your life. So the first one was when, and I share this in my Ted talk. So if you want to see it with pictures, the before and after it's pretty fun to see, but in a, in a TEDx, but it was when I went from middle school to high school, I went from being like really kind of nerdy, not just clueless about style, very, very shy, short hair, glasses, just not, it was just kind of an unfortunate look on me to, I had kind of finally late developer developed, grew up my hair, got some fashion clues. So it was a pretty dramatic makeover between middle school and high school. And when I got to high school, the effect of that was pretty significant. It made me realize, oh my goodness, this, this is powerful. Like if this worked for me, this could work for other people because suddenly I felt more confident. I had more opportunities, more friendships, attention, you know, positive, like, wow, what happened to you? You look amazing. So that kind of turned the light on a little bit. And I just, at that point, I had no idea there was a career as, you know, a style coach or personal styling clueless, had no idea. So I ended up just, you know, enjoying style and becoming a graphic designer, which is interestingly visual communication. That's all about visual communication. So there was definitely a theme in my life. And then of course, serendipity, destiny led me to meet and marry a guy whose mother is like a really renowned trainer and author in the image consulting industry. So that was the first time I'd heard about this, this field. Yeah. So destiny kind of led me here. That's amazing. And so I want to touch on something because there is a perception sometimes that style and caring about your image can be selfish or egotistical or, you know, all of those, the sort of programming around actually putting personal care and attention into your image and the effects of what that can do for you, for your business, for your friendships, for your social circles. Can you speak into that, those belief systems just a little bit and maybe debunk them if necessary? Yes. Oh, that's a good question because people's belief system around their image and their style usually comes from their primary caregivers. So what was your parent, what was your mother specifically most common, you know, was your mother's attitude, attitude about style? Did she celebrate it? Did she think it didn't matter? Was she a fly on the wall? Was she, you know, totally glamorous? Like that often has a big influence on where people land with that. So, you know, personally I had a glamorous mom, so I kind of went to that extreme, but then I really went on my own journey of like, Hey, I don't want my whole identity to be based in this external image. 
So what I believe is that it's very important to do the work, do the inner work, you know, build your skills, but then figure out who you are and how you want to express that into the world, because we are all telling a story visually, whether we realize it or not, people will make a snap judgment right away. What, how do you want to be perceived? So our style, the way it can really impact us is in three ways. Number one, it can impact how we feel about ourselves. Like just looking in the mirror, how do you feel? Well, if you're dressing yourself like a work of art in a way you like, that you enjoy, brings you joy, then that can make you feel good. It can make you feel more confident when you show up in the world. Uh, Number two, it can impact how other people perceive you. And that's what I'm talking about. The story that you're telling your brand. So what do you want that to be? It's, It's a tool. You need to be intentional about it. And number three, it impacts the kinds of opportunities, relationships, and connections that you attract into your life. So it is one tool. It's not the only thing that matters, but it is a big piece of how you can think about being a holistic, integrated person in the world. Oh my gosh. I, I love that you spoke into that because I it reminded me of a moment that I had. I was a Pilates instructor for about 10 years teaching solely doing that. And so as a Pilates instructor, like you're working out all day. So you can be the Pilates instructor in Lululemons or you can be the Pilates instructor in sweats. Well, when I was becoming the most fully booked instructor at my studio, I was dressing the part. Then I got into a very bad relationship and I'll never forget. I had one client who came in 7am in the morning, super sweet. And she's like, rough night, Kim. Cause I hadn't even bothered to like, look at myself and how I was showing up in the world. Cause I was in that state of just like emotional turmoil from this relationship. And I looked at myself and I was in these like gigantic sweatpants, like my, my sweater had holes in it. Like I was in a sports bra and it was like half zipped and I was in a messy bun and I was like, who am I? Oh my <laughs> God, this is not what I want to put out into the world. Yeah. Like, this is not the image. So how, and you, it sounds like you had a very similar realization when you were in middle school going into high school and the, the vast difference as to what that could do for your, for who you attract into mm-hmm. your world. So yeah. what is the first step to becoming aware of how you are being perceived through your style. Oh yeah. How it's very difficult to evaluate that yourself. You often need an object, some objective opinions. And so it needs to be like either a style coach or a person you trust who has a good sense. Like, how do I come across, you know, and here's, here's what I like to do. So when you walk in a room or you see somebody walk in a room pick like four adjectives that describe that person. You, you know, nothing about them. You have not heard them speak. You just see them. What do you see? Do you see frazzled, you know, baggy, the clothes don't fit right. The hair is not styled. Okay. So what does that tell you? You're thinking frazzled. They're kind of irresponsible. They're not very precise. They're maybe a little bit poor. Right. You know, so you, you put these like descriptive adjectives with everybody visually, whether you realize it or not. I mean, you know, sometimes you don't pay attention, but when you are paying attention, you're sort of analyzing someone. So it's important to get some objective feedback on what, what am I, how am I coming across? Because, you know, you could be super polished and like, you know, wearing suits and you come across as like cold, sterile, um, impersonal, not approachable when you actually want to be like a team player and you want to be approachable. Right. So there's this whole, uh, psychology, obviously it's a little bit more advanced, but there's a psychology to style and how you can use that for how you want to be perceived, but you often need that first objective input. So asking a, your partner or a husband or, or wife would maybe not be the best one. No, no. ask like a, ask a mentor. That's always a good idea. Ask a mentor, ideally a mentor who has some connection to like visual style. You know, if, if they're like a mad scientist who just doesn't even see that they're probably not the right, right person, you know, they're probably not the right person. 
but you can also look at another way if you don't, I mean, ideally ask somebody you trust, who's got kind of a good eye and a good, like a good intuition on things. Um, you can take, you can look at pictures of yourself and that helps you kind of be one step removed. Like how did you show up in a moment where you weren't necessarily posing and this is how you normally, sometimes, you know, how you see a picture of yourself and, and you go, Oh gosh, those pants don't really fit me. They're like bagged out in the butt or, you know, you like see things and that you didn't notice in the mirror and, Oh, those pants are too short or that jacket's too tight. You know, you see things and it's a little bit more objective. So how as a person going on their style journey, do you recommend because sometimes like the style that used to fit us mm-hmm. or fit our old identity will morph and change and grow as we morph and change and grow yes and so how do you help n- people navigate through those uncomfortable periods of growth where their identity is shifting mm-hmm. especially if someone is coming into you know becoming a business owner mm-hmm. or becoming mm-hmm. a mom transitions. Yeah. I work with a lot of women all over the world who are either in a place of transition or they've just been through, whether it's a career change, they want a career change. They want a promotion. It's been a divorce, death in the family. You know, there's like your kids have just left. I work with a lot of women in midlife who are kind of waking up after like putting everyone else first, even their careers, and then going, wait, I lost myself along the way. (laughs) Like, who am I? How do I want to show up in the world? And I actually had a moment like that in midlife, even, even though I was running this international style company. So, you know, I could share that story at some point, but I, I work with women. Yes. So how do you help them figure out who am I now? Things have changed. My body's changed. The things that I did five, 10, 20 years ago, they're not working for me anymore. I know that, but I don't know what to do. I don't know how to change the makeup, the hair, the wardrobe. And, you know, I don't know how to fit my body now with more curves or whatever it is. So I actually take women through a seven step path and it's in my program, your million dollar look. And the first step of that path is so it's just an amazing process that I learned from my mentor that helps them discover what we call your style archetype. And it's very heart-centered. It's very authentic. It's very intuitive. So we we have our clients go through this exercise where they pick favorite images from art, nature, interiors, and exteriors. Nothing to do with style. Just visual things they love visually. And then we say, now, what do you love about that? Write down the adjectives. And they might say like, clean, modern, they might say traditional, sparkly, glam, you know, they come up with all these adjectives, uh, serene or active, bright, you know, so usually the adjectives they come up with describe their heart and their soul. The things they're visually drawn to actually mirror who they are as a person or aspects of their personality. Not only that, but when you bring those visual qualities into style, it's really authentic and it just resonates. And they look in the mirror and they go, oh my gosh, this outfit looks modern. It looks polished. It looks sleek. That's what I loved about all my favorite images. So it's this process that helps them bypass the head and get to the heart and then bring that into their style. That's the first step because your style, it needs to be heart-centered, needs to be authentic to your personality and who you are now. And then from there, we have this process where we look at your colors, we look at your body shape and the best styles to support and flatter that we look at hair and makeup. And there's all kinds of things that you can evaluate. Is this working for me now? Do I need to think about something different? And then we look at accessories, we look at body proportions and scale. So it's this whole process that once you've gone through it, you have a clear understanding of who you are and how to express it through style. It's very linear. Oh, so good. So what do you do with a client when, because I already hear the arguments of some people in some people's head of like, I'm just a business owner. I'm just trying to get through the day. Yeah. I'm just a mom. I'm just trying to get through the day. Yeah. Like what? I don't have the time or mm-hmm. the money to yeah. invest in style. 
-hmm. What is it that you say when you're posed with those objections that they come up in any sort of sales conversation, um, but especially when it's around our personal look, Mm -hmm. what is it that you say when, or that you, you can speak into when somebody's saying like, oh, well, the, the money that it's going to cost to mm-hmm. upgrade my look or to buy new clothes or to change my makeup or all that, or the time that it's going to take, like, is this going to take my morning routine into like a 45, 60 minute routine? Mm-hmm. Um, what, That's what a great you- question. Yeah, yeah. I am all about efficiency. I get it. Women are busy. We don't have time to invest a lot of time, a lot of money. You know, some women have more money obviously to invest, but I am all about helping people find that like quick routine. I don't like, I don't advocate taking a long time, getting ready and putting yourself together. Let's find that quick routine that works for your hair type, the makeup, the wardrobe. So I, I am a super like fast, efficient systems person, and that's how I teach your style. So I did, when I developed my program, it's an online program and you just invest like a little bit of time every couple of weeks to begin to build that. So it's not like consuming, it's not a lot of money, it's doable, but then on a practical basis, why, why do you need to invest in yourself? Because if you don't, you tend to kind of lose self-confidence. You feel, you don't feel great about how you're showing up in the world. It's like you've put yourself on the back burner and you've put everybody else first. That starts to trickle down into your life in ways that it actually kind of, it impacts you in a negative way. Versus if you feel good, your closet's organized, you got your lookbook, you don't have to agonize about what to wear every damn day that you're standing there in front of your closet. Believe me, I've been there and it just sucks. You know, it's the morning. I didn't used to be a morning person. And you're just staring at this Pat's closet going, what do I need to, you know, I don't, I like to get women out of that routine and get them set up so they can just be browsing on their phone, their little lookbooks they created by putting together outfits, go, oh, I feel like this. I'm going to wear this today. Just walk right to your closet, put it on, boot, get the day going. So yeah, just be careful. Don't lose yourself along the way because it does start to chip away at that self-confidence and how you feel and how you're perceived in the world. Mm. And confidence is really curated. And it's those that compound effect of how you show up day in and day out and what you're looking like, how you're feeling in, in your body and your clothes and, and how you look and all that. Yeah. So, and we do, we also live in a culture that has a lot of ageism. So, mm-hmm. you know, this desire that women, mostly women, maybe some men have to, but to like look younger, to appear younger, to appear more vibrant. That's because our culture is saying, once you're older, you're not as relevant, right? You're not, you're not relevant. What do you have to say? When the truth is, the older we are, like the more we have yes. give and the more wisdom and knowledge. So I like to help women show up as relevant and to show their vibrancy. You know, I don't want them looking 10 years older than their age. Okay. Maybe their age or maybe even five years younger, but just bringing like a youthful, fresh vibrancy with all that wisdom and knowledge and experience. And they can then be perceived as more relevant in a culture that has ageism. Mm, yeah. Cause, and I have seen it in men too, yeah. who have that desire to look like 10 years younger. One of the things that I've noticed, especially with older women and one of the things I grew up with and that I wrote about in my book is that I never heard my mom say a nice thing about her body after the age of 40. Oh, interesting. Ever. And like, so I learned some very poor patterns from that experience that uh, took me into an eating disorder uh, later on. But now after being on the other side of that and having recovered, I still am like, mom, say something nice about yourself. Because Mm. so often I've seen that high achievers get to a space where they they aren't comparing themselves to anyone else, but they're Mm -hmm. comparing themselves to past versions of who they have been past mm-hmm. identities, so who they were in their 20s or what they looked like in their 20s or what they looked like in their 30s. So how do you battle that that internal comparison with how you looked a decade ago to compared to how you look now? Yeah, well, I think it really is key to find how to support yourself now. 
how do you support yourself with hair, makeup, and wardrobe now that feels authentic? It works for your lifestyle. It's flattering. It's visually balanced. Uh, we like to help people create visual harmony. So just there's a balance, the colors, the styles, the accessories, it just flows. It feels good. So when you can discover that and sort of package yourself in a way that really supports who you are now, then it's easier to embrace uh, maybe the new version of yourself because, hey, it looks good. It's different, but it looks good. And I'm sure there's also just really being careful about your thought thought patterns and mm. not allow, you know, those negative thoughts, those can be hard to break, but I think there's just a lot of, yeah, work to do of just releasing negative thought patterns and embracing affirming. So we teach the language of affirmation rather than describe yourself as like, I'm, you know, fat or overweight say, you know, like I'm Rubenesque. I have a lot of beautiful curves and you know. <laughs> Rubenesque. Yes. Growing so, you know, up you with can... $7 words. <laughs> yes. Um, my, my mentor was an English, um, I think she had a master's in English. And so uh, she's very good. She, that's where I learned this concept, the language of affirmation. Her name is Carla Mathis. And uh, she teaches people, you know, don't say that you have dishwater blonde hair, you know, say that you have like soft taupe or something, you know? So it's just speak, it's learning to speak about yourself and your body in a way that is positive. And if you yeah. didn't hear that growing up, then yeah, you're going to have to learn some new, some new patterns, some new speech and descriptives. Oh yes. There was a 10 year relearning of, of oh. patterns of how to speak yeah. into my own personal beauty and what I've discovered. And after mm -hmm. having two babies, like for me, I'm like, I will never speak ill of my body again, mm -hmm. because yeah. the magic that I was able to produce through me this body is glorious. So yes. And, and being able to speak to that and that's that in itself builds confidence of those moments of recognition and appreciation. And I think style can have such a powerful piece in that yeah. because when you can look in the mirror and like feel really, really good about yourself, like I looked in the mirror this morning, I was like, I feel, I have a waist again. This is amazing. <laughs> And being able to feel that it changes your state and how you show up. Mm -hmm. So how do you get your brand really aligned and, and backing that mission? How can your style accentuate the mission mm -hmm. that you have? Because I, I know there are a lot of entrepreneurs who listen to this. Mm -hmm. So how can the brand, your style, your personal style really show up and, and enhance that mission? Yeah. Well, I do think going through this process that I take my clients through of discovering your style archetype is really helpful for your brand because you want your brand to be authentic. You want it to be authentic. So let's say you are attracted to, well, just look at my whole background that you see here, right? This is my style archetype. It's kind of like sheen, it's polished, it's these colors. This is me. Well, guess what? You go to my website, very similar vibe. So it's all integrated. It's authentic. It's integrated. So you find, you find your style archetype, those colors that speak to your soul, and then you integrate that into your brand so that it feels good to be in it, right? You're authentic in your brand. It's not like I'm going to try to go like high contrast, black and white, you know, corporate vibe because I'm serving a corporate audience. You know, you got to be careful about that because then you're going to step into this whole brand that, that might not really resonate with you personally. So you've got to find a way to be you. And sometimes that requires a, a bit of challenge when you are, you know, a part of a corporate culture, for example, there's ways, there's ways to express yourself, even if it's just a little earring or something that has that personality, but yeah, it's finding your authentic coloring and vibe and adjectives, qualities that describe your brand. Yeah. And so as we're in this social media era of everybody basically being walking, talking personal brands mm -hmm. and everyone, not everyone, we'll say everyone, but most people have an Instagram and a Facebook account. And we're putting ourselves out there on a regular basis with yeah. photos and videos of, of, who we are and how we look. And, and so how, 
how does your style really play into that? How does your style? Yeah. I mean, your style sends a message. So if you want to be perceived as approachable and down to earth, then your style should be down to earth. I mean, you can still wear clothes that fit and are cute and are trendy, but like wear the t-shirt but have it fit you well, but, you know, be down to earth instead of the the blazer, right? Because you're going to, you're, you might say like, my brand is more everyday woman, casual, approachable. So yeah, it's, it's a matter of kind of tuning into who you are and the kind of audience that you're reaching out to as well. So your style does, it's a part of your brand story, you know, how, how you want to communicate. If you want to communicate success, then you need to have you know, successful money. If that's one of your sort of, if you're aspirational that way as a personality brand, then you should have the, you know, brand name watch and the brand name purse and like the really nice car and the really nice brand name clothing, because you're sort of creating this aspirational style. So yeah, your, your style is part of the story and that's going to show up visually. So how did your style shift with it, with your story and as you've grown your own business? Yeah, I was in the background for a long time and I didn't really necessarily have a desire to be high, high profile. I mean, yes, in the background, I've kind of been on a, like a winding path. I was graphic designer in Silicon Valley then I moved to Los Angeles. I started a band and I was performing in clubs all over Los Angeles with my band that I created. It was called Lala Divine. So I reinvented my style there as kind of like glamorous pop style. And, you know, I was living in West Side LA in my early 30s. It was really fun. And then I had kids and I was a mom and that kind of shifted my style. And I was running, I started as a creative director and then I began to run the Style Core, which is a, a company that we co-created with my, my mentor and my mother-in-law. And it was during those sort of, you know, late thirties, early forties that I had young kids and that, and I was working really hard running the company. And that's kind of where I lost myself. I just put myself last on the list, you know, and I was still, yes, I was stressing. Okay. But, you know, just wasn't taking the time to invest in myself. I was battling some depression, was battling anxiety. I had about 30 or 35 extra pounds that I'd taken on since having kids, you know, the hormones, like everything's just going nuts. And especially in your forties, then you start going on that like perimenopausal journey. So I was not in a good place. I was working too hard. I was drinking too much, just, I mean, not a ton, but it just was too much. And then, and then I was just not in a great place personally. And so uh, there, we, we needed to do a company photo shoot for a new website. And I'm sure a lot of your listeners can identify with this. You're like, I need a picture. I need a headshot. And I don't feel good. Like I want to lose 10, 20, 30 pounds before, you know, and so I didn't have time to lose the weight. So I really just said, okay, I'm going to give myself a makeover. I'm going to give myself a makeover, embrace my curvy body. So I went out, went shopping, didn't have to spend a fortune, some stuff new, some stuff consignment, LA is full of all these great trendy, you know, thrift shops. And I just, you know, put outfits together, got them tailored to fit my curvy body perfectly. I had been kind of like light brown hair at that point. I went blonde again, which felt more resonated with my soul, got extensions. So it was like suddenly very long, blonde, dramatic. <laughs> and it was great. The after was, was really dramatic. You can actually see that. Um, there's a place where you can see that, but I got the photo shoot for the branding, right. For the company website it turned out great. And that makeover was just kind of a, it was like an external sign of a, of a reinvention of myself. So I really did kind of reinvent and it gave me this new energy. It gave me a new boost of confidence one day, you know, I had been kind of like a little bit more dowdy before that. And then I was much more glamorous and showing up one day I was walking my daughter to preschool on the streets of Los Angeles, like literally on Sunset Boulevard. We lived right off Sunset Boulevard <laughs> and um, walking her to preschool in one of my like nice new outfits, you know, and a, a photographer stopped me in the street and he, and he said, 
excuse me, I am a photographer for a street fashion blog. Would it be all right if I took your picture for this fashion blog? <laughs> because you, you know, your outfit looks great. And it was so flattering. And it was just kind of this external, you know, affirmation, not that I was like looking for that, but it was a nice affirmation of things had shifted. And so from there, it was really a turning point for me of taking back my like owning my style, owning my external presentation, my story, the, your style is one big symbol. It's not the only one, but it is one symbol of taking control and like controlling your narrative, right? I want to rewrite my story. I want to start a new chapter. Dress for the role you want to play in that next chapter in the movie of your life. Which role do you want to play? You know what? Put the clothes on for that. And I know that takes time and it takes money, but you've got to be intentional and do it. And that was a real turning point for me. And it gave me such a needed wind beneath my wings at that point. And, you know, a year later, I had lost all the extra weight. I had just gotten into a healthier lifestyle, the depression lifted. So it's not like style fixed me, but it was part of me owning and caring for myself in that way that did. Yeah, I think that speaks to a lot of of moms. Like when I had my first son, I did not get off the couch for the first six weeks outside of a nursing bra, sweatpants and depends. Mm -hmm. And it was when I really looked at how does my future self show up? And Mm -hmm. I did a, a very intense journaling exercise of like everything I wanted to achieve in the next decade, what I wanted to be, how I wanted to look, how I wanted to feel in my body. And then I chunked down to like, what were three habits that I, that that future me did? And there are three habits that I live by still to this day was that she got, she showers daily. Uh Uh Those first six weeks of having a newborn, I did not shower um, (laughs) as often as would be, you know, necessary if you were leaving the house. She put on makeup and she got dressed, like just Mm. got dressed and present. And I think that your story is so poignant, especially in this times as we're coming out of the pandemic and and people Mm -hmm. have gotten comfortable with nice shirt on top pajama pants on the bottom sort of style Mm -hmm. and what that does for our psyche and what that does for our confidence and as we're coming back into the world what that's going to look like so how is it just an external thing or is it the internal impacting the external and the external impacting the internal how do we navigate both both sides of it coming so it comes from that heart place it really is both sides. And, and I just want to flashback just a moment. Those of you listening who you're in a season where you might have young kids or you're being a caretaker. Yeah. There are seasons of our lives where yes, less energy gets put on me time and, you know, looking good and that, and that's normal and natural. So I don't, I don't want people to feel like that's a bad thing, but you get to a point where you're ready to reemerge. You want to kind of come back or you want to show up. You have a goal. You want to make an impact. You have a message. You want that message to come across, especially for business owners. That is the moment, whether it's how you feel about yourself or how you want to be perceived or what you want to attract. That is the moment when you need to say, okay, it is time for me to think about this and invest in myself. And for a lot of people, they They don't necessarily have the skills. We're not experts at everything, right? We go to the doctor for medical. We go to the, you know, so you, you often, you need some resources, right? Go to a style coach, do a, do a program, something that will help you be intentional and a container for you to like learn and grow and invest in yourself that way. Sometimes trying to do it on your own with like just a big shopping spree is just going to fill your closet up with more stuff. And it's not necessarily going to be the right stuff. And you're still going to be confused every day. So get help, get help when you're ready to focus on that. Okay. And then to, to your question, it really goes both way in terms of style, how it makes you feel about yourself. So let me just use an example from my own life. As I mentioned, I had battled depression and that's something that I've battled off and on for most of my life. So, you know, I've just learned how to, I've just, you know, learned how to manage that. I've learned you know, all kinds of different approaches, whether it's meds, supplements, exercise, right? And there have been times and there was a pretty dark season for me. It was just a lot of stuff going on on a lot of levels where I felt very dark and black inside. 
you know, I just felt terrible, but I had young kids. And so I didn't want to just wallow in that. And I also had a business, right? So I mean, life, life goes on, right? You're running a business, you got kids, you can't necessarily bring that chaos that you're going through into the world. Because if you put that energy out into the world, what comes back to you? That same thing, right? What you put out into the world comes back to you. Perception projection. Yes. So, you know, but I was in a place of, I want to attract goodness and positive energy and business and client, you know, so what can I do? I feel this way on the inside, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get dressed. I'm going to put on a great outfit. I'm going to do my hair. I'm going to do my makeup. I'm going to go out into the world looking great, looking like a million bucks, even though I feel like shit on the inside and hope that's okay. And yeah. And then bring my best to find that little piece of me that is happy. Find that piece of me that can appreciate something and bring that energy. And guess what happens when you walk out the door like that, you get positive energy back people, whether they comment on your outfit or they just smile or they engage with you in conversation. And then it builds you up. It kind of fills you up and it gets your mind off of all that stuff going on in the inside. So for me, style is one tool. It's not the only tool, but it is one tool that can help me just, okay, I feel like crap, but you know, what? I'm going to put myself together. I'm going to go out into the world and, and it makes a difference. So yes, it goes both ways. And then people perceive me as, Hey, she's attractive. I want to know her. I want to talk to her. She's intriguing. I want to work with her, you know, so it goes both ways. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like getting into character, getting into like Laurence Olivier, who was an actor. He said that he would use the costume to kind of direct how he would shift and change his body and his, his mannerisms in order to adapt to the character. Mm -hmm. And that's very similar with fashion. I mean, you walk very differently in Mm -hmm. flats than in heels. And I'm Mm -hmm. like a heels aficionado. So (laughs) (laughs) I love my heels. And I found that the base of your walk, it changes from being like in the feet to like in the hips. And so Mm -hmm. when you have a more, it it changes your saunter just by footwear. Mm -hmm. And so, and that, that alone, it, can shift some things inside of you mm-hmm. of just like shifting the, because the quickest way, one of the quickest ways to change your state is you're changing your physiology That's and right. changing, you know, the physiology of how you are physically walking through what shoes you're wearing too. That's right. And there are, there are psychological studies on this phenomenon. On heels? <laughs> not just, no, it's not heels, but it's on the phenomenon of how style shifts, like how you feel about yourself and how others feel about you. So if anybody's interested to hear more about that, go watch my TEDx talk because I I sort of break that down and actually give some real life examples of people who were pretty down in general and then did a big style change and things really shifted, like their whole life shifted. So there's, there's studies that have been done. It's real. It happens. Yeah. And I think that's why as, as a culture, we love these like transformation stories, like the, the queer eye for the straight guy yeah. and, 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 you know, the, the make those makeover shows, because you, you can physically see the changes in some people and their ability to receive that, that feedback and start receiving compliments. That's so my favorite they- part. I love that. I love, I always have my clients and members of my program. They always start with their before picture. And then at the end we pull up their after picture and we, and we put them side by side and we go, look how far you've come. And in that process, they have owned their style. They've gotten more confident. They're getting out and they're receiving feedback people. They're showing up, you know? So it's like, yeah. And then things start to happen. Like, you know, they're, desiring a partner, they start dating, they get married, they get the job, they get the promotion. I mean, it really, it's like this ripple effect. I love seeing that. It can totally transform. So how have you taught your children about the power of style? Yeah. Oh, well, I've got a little mini me daughter who (laughs) is about to become a teenager and she's already super cute and, and glammy. Well, she's just very stylish. And because we 
it's our business. So we talk about it a lot and she knows the the concepts and the principles because there really is a science about style. It's a visual science of why certain things work. You know how you look at something, you go, something's not working. I don't know what it is. I teach people the science that I learned from my mentor. And she wrote this book. That's like a Bible. It's called the triumph of individual style. It's a Bible to our industry that people use and reference and it's used in fashion design schools. So, you know, we talk about it around our house. So my daughter already has a sense. And I know I've been worried at times like, Oh, is she going to put too much emphasis on just the style? But we just always talk about, you know, style's great and your personality and your kindness and how you treat people that's more important. So let's have it all be there. You know, let's integrate it all. And no matter what you look like, we love you and we accept you, you know, but she just naturally loves it. So, and then my son doesn't really care at all. He's kind of a uniform guy. So we just get him his little black and gray uniform. And yeah, so we, we talk about it a lot. And we were shopping the other day for shoes and my 14 year old son was just saying, well, I sure am lucky to have a stylist for a mom to help me pick out because I don't have a clue. <laughs> so it was very sweet. That's awesome. Yeah, I found that like raising my my children, I see like my four-year-old has such an individual, unique style. He has mm. worn a backwards fedora hat by his own choice since he was one and a half. I and love it. <laughs> to this day, he still does it. And now he has hats in like, all the rainbow of colors he Mm. has them in all colors but that really is his unique style and as a parent like i don't want to project any sort of like plagiarized programming of like oh you shouldn't wear that or like that so yeah because i think a lot of our individual style is really like squashed out of us in through what i call plagiarized programming of what what really lights us on fire Um, that's right and we help our clients remember what they loved as a child, right? What did you love as a child? And why did you love it? That is the authentic you. Let's see if we can bring those elements into your style now, because you're right. Those things like you teach, they just get programmed out of us, right? Some caregiver said, no, that's not right. You you get to the stage, you should do something different. You should wear something different. Mm -hmm. And it's sad because that I'm so glad you're able to celebrate your son and just go like, yes, this is your style signature. And yep. cheer, it, cheer them on. Yeah. It, it's amazing. And I, and I love that because I would not want to like push that out of him because that's so unique to him. It's like, it's the Declan hat. And it's something that I saw when I was building my business prior to my company, I was in e-com- in an e-commerce business with a partner and the partner and I just had very different values. And as I was going through the buyout process, I had many beliefs thrown at me of, you know, femininity and like, oh, I'm so girly or I'm so sparkly. And so I would, I tried to like put on the professional buttoned up look and I dulled it down. And so I knew what I wanted my brand crown yourself to really represent. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to have like sparkles and tool and like, those were things I loved as a kid. Like I love the skirt. I love that. And yet still I had to hire a stylist because I didn't have any of those clothes in my own wardrobe. Mm -hmm. And I, when I realized, oh my gosh, I'm being incongruent with Mm -hmm. my brand because these aren't actually my clothes. These are like, and I'm not saying that hiring a stylist is, is, was bad. Like stylists can give you great guidance. But for me, I was like, everything was borrowed. It wasn't actually like mine. And I wasn't actually Mm -hmm. living that. And once I started living into that brand of my business of like wearing the sparkles of enjoying mm-hmm. the sequins, as I said in my TED talk, sequins are the new armor. So yes, like, yes. the modern day armor, if you've ever tried to get off a sequin shirt, damn, like, that is like, <laughs> that is challenging, but it, it, it really helped me embody the brand a lot more mm. and it changed the way that I showed up for the business. And so I love the the fact that you're guiding people through these seven steps of really designing their archetype and being intentional. There's, there's been a word that you've, that's been a word that you've repeated Mm -hmm. several times throughout our conversation. So how do you, how does one get more intentional? Yeah, it's so simple. It is so simple. It just boils down to time and money. You're going to be intentional about something. You're going to spend time and, or you're going to spend money. 
That's it. So, you know, do that and do it wisely, right? Find something that will be within your budget. And again, be careful about just going out and spending a bunch of money on clothing when you don't know who you are. When you're talking about your brand for, for somebody who's not, not everybody's thought through that. And that's okay. If that's, you know, you're listening and you're like, oh gosh, I've never really thought about that, you know, because you, Kimberly, are very clear on your brand and the qualities, the adjectives, the, you know, the sparkle, the sequins, the girliness. I love that. So for somebody who's never thought about that, you, you know, they might be communicating something that's really different than they want to communicate. I was speaking, I'm trying to think how much I can say here, but I was speaking with somebody who her field is very physical, like what she's coaching people physically in the exercise arena. And she herself is not your classic, you know, thin muscular body type, but she does not accept her fuller body type. And so she wears a lot of black, black all the time, because she's saying, I want to cover, I want to diminish, I want to look thinner. And yet her message is she wants to be approachable and loving and friendly. So there's a real, there's a real dichotomy there because all black is really more of a formal, dark, heavy, serious vibe when she is wanting to be joyful, friendly, approachable, love your body. Right. So you know, people, we have this one, um, my mentor actually does a service called identity therapy. It's an identity therapy consultation where you really got to like begin to sift through what are the messages I'm carrying about my body and my image? What do I need to let go? Where do I need some healing? And, you know, where do I need to move into to be healthy and integrated, but how you, um, yeah, how you dress is a part of your story. There's a psychology to it. So much. So as you look to the future of dress and style, what do you see is, do you see it becoming more important in, as our world is evolving into much more showy of a world? Gosh, I don't know. Um, that's an interesting question. On one hand, I feel like it's gotten so much more casual, right? I mean, you go from like the Victorian era where women are like wearing these like corsets and huge in the hair you know, to like, now we have like athleisure, you know, and, it's, and of course the pandemic, people got really casual and you know what, I'm all about comfort. So I don't like to see, I don't like to feel uncomfortable and I don't like to have my, you know, clients and women I work with feel uncomfortable. So I, I think that comfort and casual is great depending on your personality. Some people are just not casual. They like to dress it up. They like to upload, you know, they like to bring it more formal, more pizzazz, more glamour. That's great. Other people are just naturally more casual and that's cool, but whatever you wear, do it in a way that flatters your body type. And there's some, you know, there's some wisdom you can have on which styles balance your body type. And if you want to draw the eye to your full hips, there's some things you can do. If you want to draw the eye away from your full hips and up to your face, there are some things you can do. <laughs> so, so, you know, it's like camouflage or highlight or camouflage. It's that whole concept, but yeah, I don't know if I could say like where the trend is going, but I think the trend is be authentic and I hope it is be authentic and do it in a way that's like visually harmonious as well. Yeah. Amen. I think bringing more of the authentic personality yeah. through and, and really allowing that to shine. And I love what you said of like, especially for, for those listening who are in a corporate environment, who are, I do have my corporate warriors mm -hmm. <laughs> who are, who listen for those, how do you make those, those, those small adaptations? So you don't, so you still feel a part of the team, yeah. but you still get to express yourself as an individual. Yeah. There's a, there's an illustration for that. And I can't really give it, but if you imagine what a circle on one side, that's the corporate style. And if your natural authentic style is totally different circle on the other side, sort of like you have to like merge those two circles together. And that little slice in the middle is where you can express your style. So let's say that you're kind of, you have this like little touch of like humor and irreverence and whimsical. Maybe you're a guy and you're in that corporate setting 
well, maybe you could just wear fun socks, right? You can just wear some fun socks that like when the pants come up, you see that little flash of fun, right? Or for a woman, you might still have to wear a suit, but you could have some, some of your own flair in those shoes or in the accessories. So it's just, you can still show your flair, but it has to be in smaller portions if you're in a culture that's really different from your own style. Mm. Yeah. And I want to say something about branding too. Authenticity is a really big deal these days. People want a personality brand. They're attracted to that and they want somebody who's real. So if you have not done that work of exploring who am I and how do I want to express that in my style, you might be portraying a brand that just doesn't feel authentic. And and you're not trying to do that. You're you're not trying to be inauthentic, but people are looking at you and they're going, just like I was telling you that example of the woman who's in the, you know, teaching in the athletic area. And she, you know, she wants to be joyful and approachable, but she's wearing all black. You know, it's not integrated. It's not authentic. So Mm -hmm. the style is like a key for her. So, yeah, that's something that's important. How do you navigate when... Because through the style, through changing style and how that adapts and allows you to like evolve your personality and bring out those, those lighter pieces, when you see a client shifting and changing and their partner is used to them as, as a certain way, mm-hmm. how do you navigate that conversation and that, uh, that Ooh. growth adaptation? Yeah. Well, I think the ideal partner is going to embrace that person and support and celebrate them as they evolve. Right. But not all partners are ideal. So, <laughs> so you so know, true. I mean, I, you know, I'm not going to be like, we'll divorce them, you know, but I just <laughs> divorce because he didn't like your skirt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say, I'm just going to say, you know, don't give away your power. Don't let somebody else write your narrative. Don't let somebody else tell you the, you know, the next chapter, like you need to own your narrative, your life, your story, your style. And, uh, hopefully your partner will be supportive or hopefully they'll come around you know, but I, I don't know, it's a choice. You know, some people say, well, you know, he doesn't like it, so I'm not going to do it. Well, okay. That's you giving your power away. That's your choice. There's really nothing I can say to that, but yeah. Yeah. And it really comes down to that, that choice. And the same is true for, for not just your partner, but like industry or clients or like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, our friends. I mean, how friends. if you have friends that start to get jealous when you're showing up looking good and glamorous and like you used to be the wingman, like you used to be off to the side and they got the attention and now you're like showing up and and, you know, getting more attention like that could that could threaten some people. Mm-hmm. It just is. It just is. That's you know, that's unfortunate. I don't think a real you know, a good friend would, I mean, a good friend might be threatened, but they'd need to like work through that and go, okay, I acknowledge I am being threatened, but I just need to celebrate your new style expression. But yeah, it can, it can be threatening. So some people stay small, they hide. We have this style quiz that you can take on our website and it's like finding your style type. And one of the style types is invisible. And it's the person Mm -hmm. who intentionally dresses and puts himself together in a way that they don't really show up. They don't stand out. They're not seen. And there's reasons for that. You you need to be invisible because that's how you were safe growing up, or you were safe in a relationship or in a friendship when you're hiding, which is not good. So we always want to get people out of that. (laughs) Out of that into really having that visibility artistic celebrator. Yeah. We want you to celebrate exactly how you look and just enhance and flatter and show up and, you know, just show up, uh, feeling beautiful and attractive, no matter what you look like, no matter how many extra pounds you're carrying, no matter what weight, if you see a woman who's, you know, 250 pounds or whatever, and she feels good in her skin and she's confident and she is rocking her style. You just go, go girl. I love it. You're owning it. So it's, it's how they feel, right? It's how you feel that comes through and how you put yourself together. Yeah. And I think that one, one thing that I know from having a lot of Gen X clients is that there is almost like with that generation, there's almost like a self-deprecating sense of humor Mm. of like, 
depreciating yourself the way you look the way mm. you are because it takes away from your achievements mm. is, mm -hmm. is something that i've seen so with that self-deprecating sense of humor how do you how do you navigate breaking free of that because i think that that's like one of the greatest detriments to actually fully appreciating and embodying how amazing you are yeah yeah, that's a good question. You know, one thing that comes to my mind is like, don't take yourself too seriously. You know, so if you get really polished with your style and glamorous, like don't let it get to your head of like, I am above, I'm better than, you know, just have fun with it. Celebrate, you know, I love to celebrate beauty. And for some people that's intimidating for some people it's, you know, but, but I try and this, you know, just don't take yourself too seriously. Have fun. Joke about it. Like be, be real, share your weakness too. you know, share it, be vulnerable. So I think that if a person can become comfortable with just embracing their style and their beauty and their looks, if that's fun for them, then it's not going to be awkward for other people. It's just like, you know what? I have fun with this and I'm not going to take myself too seriously, but I'm going to enjoy how I look. Yeah. Amen. Aaron, <laughs> I would love to jump into a little bit of rapid fire to wrap this up. I have okay. loved our conversation and I just think you're an extraordinary human being for what you're creating and how you're helping serve so many women. Thank so, you, Kimberly. Are you ready to rapid fire it up? I, I'm ready as I'll ever be. Just shoot. <laughs> I don't know. Here we go. <laughs> we'll see. We shall see. So who is your favorite female character in a book or a movie and why? I'm just going to go with what comes to my mind. And I don't know why, but like Nicole Kidman's character in Moulin Rouge. I don't know. That's so random. I love it. It's it's still <laughs> that the hat with the, like that scene of when she descends in that sparkly corset. Yeah, I got to think for sparkles. Not, I haven't thought through it. Like there's nothing symbolic. Like I, <laughs> there's I <don't>... nothing <laughs> symbolic. You're just bringing to one of my favorite movies. So <laughs> exactly. What? One of my favorite movies. That's probably it. What woman would you want to trade places with just for a day? Like live in their head, hear how they think, see what they, how they see the world. Brene Brown, just because I like admire her and I just, her wisdom. Like if I could just get that in my brain, you know, yeah. for a day. What's your morning routine like? Morning routine is a uh, coffee and meditation, usually by a flickering flame, whether it's a candle or a fireplace. Yeah. I like to, yeah, do affirmations and meditation slow. Nice. Are you an early riser? I am. Yeah. I wasn't always, but something shifted in my forties and you know what? I'll take it. I'll take it. I like the early mornings. <laughs> I, I love the early mornings too. What yeah. do you do in the evenings? What's your evening routine to support your mornings? Evening routine is usually family time. Just chill out, mellow out and spend time. I've got a couple of teenagers, almost teenagers. So it's family time. It's cooking together and hanging out as much as they will, as much as they will, you know, any moment. <laughs> if it's like, I want to watch a movie, mom, it's like, yes, I will come watch a movie with you. I will watch another Avengers movie with you <laughs> just to spend that time. Yeah. To be able to spend that, that time and together instead of, yeah, just cherish it, just cherish it. Exactly. And there's plenty of that too, but you know, when they want to hang, we hang. And of course there's dog cuddles in the middle of all that the morning, the evening, the dogs are a big part of that. Too. Awesome. What would you do if you were to have your success twice as fast? What would you do differently? Success twice as fast. Okay. I would probably do a lot more travel and experiences with my kids. Yes. More travel and experiences with my kids. Awesome. Yeah, because being a business owner, it, it can be a lot. You know, I, I think that is always the struggle balancing. And so it's just finding the time for that. Yeah. What do you define to be your kingdom? Well, oftentimes it's uh, my home and uh, nature is very important to me. So I guess at the moment it would be our home, which is in a canyon on five acres and there's a lot of nature. So right now this is the kingdom. <laughs> I love it. Beautiful. But you know, the business obviously is a part of that. And the people I serve around the world is a part of that. Yeah. And, and lastly, 
how do you crown yourself? I think just by honoring, yeah, just honoring my own inner voice and my intuition. And sometimes that means go get yourself a massage like it did today. (laughs) And after a lot of hard work, right? Just go have some self-care. And other times it means take a, take a trip, you know, and nourish the soul. But it's listening to my intuition. Other times it means dig into the work because there is a moment we're riding this wave, you know? Yeah. So how do we find you? How do we work with you? How do we enhance our style and work with the style course? Or yourself, plug away, girl. Yay. Okay. Yeah. Go to my website, erinmathis.com. And that is where you can find out everything, connect with me on socials, get a hold of my free guide, which is like my top five tips to uplevel your style. And that's right on the homepage, or you can go to erinmathis.com forward slash top five, all one word, T-O-P, the number five. And so get a hold of that because that's like some really big, you know, things that you can get quick wins on, right. That I would tell every client do this first. And then like, let's talk. Yeah. Let's keep going. So erinmathis.com. Yeah. Aaron, such a pleasure having you on. Thank you for sharing with us your wisdom. And as always, my fellow sovereigns, own your throne, mind your business, because your reign is now. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If what you heard resonated with you, be sure to subscribe and share your breakthroughs and ahas with me by leaving a review on iTunes so I can keep the magic flowing your way. And if you aren't already following us on social media, come experience the extra inspiration and queenly convos on Instagram at crownyourselfnow or visit our website at crownyourself.com. I am so excited to connect with you in the next episode. And in the meantime, go out there and create a body, business, and life that rules.